and the archaeologists are out there with ground penetrating radar which is really good about finding earth density or a cavern but they're not really good at all about finding bodies because they can't ground penetrating radar can't really tell the difference between a bone and a root but a metal detector can detect the uh the tin or the uh the silver in a person's mouth for their feelings it also can detect their belt buckles watches i mean they were probably stripped of all their valuables but there may be a chance that they weren't either they were in such a rush just to get rid of them so i passed all that information off to the uh the committee i heard nothing back uh so i sent it to 26823 in the tulsa world i heard nothing back so then uh we're kind of just sitting around and we're like there's hundreds of, of families in Oklahoma there's also area that lost people on that day it's like a great grandfather or a great uncle or a great aunt that died then they're just disappeared you know just was gone and they're uh, the people that are alive today their parents grew up dealing with this just disappearance so we really don't know what to do and what happened is I got a hold of an activist in town that had written a book uh Ellen or one of my uh, no no not Ellen it was uh my sister Missy she sent me a fox video where a documentary had been done and uh this notable author that's in Tulsa he's standing in Oakland cemetery and he's pointing down at the place where we got 40 plus hits and he said in this documentary he said this is where the eyewitnesses back in the 20s said that they dumped the majority of all the bodies wow. so now we have eyewitness confirmation because i went back and watched the uh the video that was made in the 80s of the people that were still alive that pinpointed that location as being where the bodies were being dumped so now i have confirmation so i contact the guy it took forever i think it was like two weeks finally got back to me and I told him the evidence that he had he seemed blown away by it we uh he invited me to go speak to the mayor uh I went to a huge press conference where we were supposed to be able to stand up and give evidence so I'm at the press conference and the archaeologists are up talking about what they found and what they found I'm sure was super legitimate it just wasn't what we found I'll put it that way and Um so I'm sitting there with a buddy of mine and we're waiting for because they were like hey you're going to get to ask questions and get up and then I'm looking around and there is TV cameras from every major station and national news like CNN was there it was huge so like they're giving their evidence and I've got coordinates GPS coordinates of every hit that goes into gold silver Rachel you would have to take a gold coin drop it on the ground take something like a spike push it down 2 feet and then do that again 111 times for Jeez. you to get an idea of what we found out there so i sat there and the mayor got up and he said uh we've decided to allow you to write down your questions on a, on an index card basically 
and then we will bring your questions up to the committee and we'll choose which questions we're going to read and i looked over at my buddy and i was like man dinner sure is sounding better than sitting here and not getting picked to have our question read <laughs> so oh, we man. got a, we got up and left and um, they're saying now that it's going to be like another year and literally rachel you and i could go down to lowe's pay five bucks buy a cheap shovel go out i could uh the coordinates are posted on my uh web page on the document it's a pdf document you open it up and i'm saying no one should do this because it's illegal to dig in a graveyard so i'm speaking theoretically but you could go down there uh scoop a shovel load out maybe two maybe two shovel loads and you'll probably find a finger bone or a hand or an arm and uh it's a crime scene is the whole thing it's a it's it should be an ongoing investigation if those bodies are down there or you know who knows maybe somebody did go along and drop coins and push them down in the ground for a lark or whatever but if those bodies are down there fbi needs to get involved like there's things that need to be done yes and i i totally agree um it is it's interesting that you said you know the empty spaces and everything because even before and i'll i'll get to my story in a minute but i want to say when i was there um because i actually got to investigate the area they they let us go and investigate overnight uh this was years ago though um there was empty patches and i noticed that and it's where i'm looking on your website right now and you show like kind of the coordinates of it's is this what's uh, the little where the little blue dots are? Yep. On that little map. Okay. Yeah. So that part where there's kind of like a cluster of them. Uh, I'm trying to zoom in on there. I can't read the coordinates exactly, but there's like a little big cluster of them off to the left side on the photo. I remember seeing that patch, and it's funny because that's actually where a lot of activity happened. But I remember seeing that patch and being like, "Well, that's weird. Why is there just you know?" You know empty space right here and why is there an empty space right there and at the time not knowing anything about the race riots i thought maybe somebody had purchased land and they're going to be buried there but it was a, such an old graveyard I, I wasn't sure but now that you're putting these pieces together for me it it all makes sense now of why they're like that and i had and, seen oh go ahead sorry i was just gonna put a disclaimer out like i don't want to say that that's why that the graves are being skipped i'm just saying that this is the evidence that i've got here's exhibit a b and c and your listeners can make up their own mind like you are now as to what they think about that and uh rachel it's a overall it's such a sad situation because those are those are oklahoma children whether they were adults or not that didn't need to go out of life like that and what a what a sad injustice that should be taking should have been taken seriously a long time ago i read a quote by a former mayor of tulsa that said it's been x number of years i think we can let it go by now wow right just uh, the the lack of empathy there um is staggering so yeah because like you said you know um somebody's grandparent uncle 
father, son, daughter, you know, could possibly be there. Um, I'm, I hope that more investigating, not so much on the paranormal side, but, you know, will go into this, I hope, and so that it will be done about it. Because I know a lot of people are now starting to know about it because it's been on the news. It's uh, not very much, but it's been covered briefly. So I think people will, I think people will get interested. We can finally figure out what's, what's really going on here. Uh, whether, like you said, whether the, that mass area is that or something else. Um, but for my findings, that matches up with mine perfectly. I've heard that from other people too. And the, the comment that I've made to, to people that have questioned me about it is I end it like this. If some numbskull that likes to write Lovecraft novels uh, with zero budget can pull together enough team members and expertise on like zero cat to find these graves, then anyone that's interested in those graves not being found needs to understand that this secrecy is a, it's about to expire. Like the truth is going to come out. And hopefully it will soon. I really want it to, because I I'm interested in this. You know, not not just like from a his, historic um, side of it, but just you know the paranormal side of it. And I I want closure for families. I really do. Um, unfortunately, not everybody gets closure when someone passes, and they you know they either go missing or they don't know how they died, and it's very tragic. But if we can if we can bring closure to as many places that we can, we should be doing it. I think that's a great that's a great philosophy and that's a great way that paranormal groups should be viewed because our goals when we go into an area is to create peace of mind for that that homeowner that client to make sure that they get an opportunity to have a good night's sleep we're not we're not Zach Baggins in there trying to to make a name we're 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 in there trying to to give rest and peace of mind Rachel where can people find you on the net so that way they can see about your investigations and find this podcast? So you can actually find this podcast and information uh, or information about it in upcoming episodes on Facebook slash Haunted Midwest. Uh, I'm going to be covering mostly the Midwest and, you know, Oklahoma neighboring states. Um, I might dwell into others, you know, no, uh, East Coast, West Coast, but right now I kind of want to just stay around the urban legends of of uh, my state and neighboring states. Um, we don't have a website up just yet. I am working on that right now as I speak. I just wanted to get content out there so I could, you know, post it on there. Um, so I guess I just have, uh, I guess I just have, uh, I know I said I was going to talk about me and my investigation at Oakland Cemetery, but I think because of time, it'd be best if uh, I can interview you another time about that. And we can make this a whole section about the Oakland Cemetery because it's such a, it, it's a, it's a big case and it deserves a lot of coverage. It, it was a big case and it was a sensitive case too. There was a, there were team members on my group that didn't want to touch it with a 10 meter cattle prod to quote Ghostbusters. And understandably so, it's, it's a, it's a powder keg, but I have made a career in the paranormal out of, of not caring and uh, doing what needs to be done because it felt right to do something whenever I saw the when I've seen what has not been done for the past hundred years it made me feel like my god you know I've, I've got I've got some 
some skill sets here. I know how to be able to network in and bring the right people. Like if I'm not smart enough to get this done, I know how to network and bring the right people in. So absolutely, I'd be, I would love to do a part two to this. And, uh, and whenever this episode comes out, I'll make sure to blast this out on my social media because I'm a big fan of what you're doing. Oklahoma needs more of this stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, well, I, then I, my last question then to you is, um, can you tell us a little bit now about your books and where people can find them? Sure. So I am a, a complete nerd when it comes to the uh, Lovecraft stories and also old sci-fi monsters. I think it's wonderful for Halloween night. I watch the 1930s mummy, which by the way, folks, it's still holds up give it a shot there's there's a host of other ones i i forced my didn't didn't force i highly suggested and she agreed to it my girlfriend to watch the creature from the black lagoon and she loved it she thought it was a great movie so i have been writing books uh since 2016 i was i got a i got a a bad there was a there was a bad moment with a doctor that gave me some bad news and I decided I needed to uh, create uh, more of a, of a lasting image for myself in a, in a beneficial way. So I started writing. The first thing I did was my memoirs, which is called Clean Ashes. That's available on Amazon. And I also did a, a gaming book for an old system that I really, really enjoy. It's called Dungeons and Dragons. And I figured Damn, I t- if I'm a terrible writer, no one's ever going to read it. And uh, it, it went pretty good and now I've started a new uh, series it's called the Magica series and it and it's about a college student it starts off as about a college student and his professor the college student gets uh, possessed by a demon by the name of Hyde and the college student's name is Henry Jekyll and so it's a spin on the Jekyll and Hyde idea but each new novel in the series brings an old classic monster that in a new way into the story of an apocalyptic epic that ends with the rising of Cthulhu from the oceans. And so these these key humans are working together. They're like misfits, uh, these unlikely heroes and unlikely villains that come together in this this gray weave of, of a story where it's centered out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it starts in Tulsa. And then by the third book, it moves out of Tulsa into other areas of the United States. And each book highlights a few of the characters in the main narrative and uh, brings forth a, a new monster in a new way, uh, or an old monster in a new way, rather. And so far, it's doing great. I'm, I'm pitching it to agents. Um, I'm getting some feedback. Um, I've just uh, got through, I told you, I, I just got through editing the last chapter on the second book tonight. I've already got the third book written. I've already got the fourth book written. So all I have to do is go back and, and do some edits on them. So uh, I love it. It's awesome. When I do book signings in Oklahoma, uh, and, they, and people come up and... and you meet a lot of authors that maybe published a book years ago, or maybe it's just still sitting on their their Word document somewhere. 
And I'm always like, do it, man, do it. Don't wait till you get a bad call from a doctor to get up off your butt and, and go do what you love. You know, be inspired and, and become the most authentic version of yourself that you can. You know, let, let greatness uh, uh, seep out of you and make something uh, happen that's going to pull you in creative threads to something that's going to delight and bring wonder to you and your family. So I'm really happy that I have this opportunity to write. I've got 10 fingers to clack on a keyboard and a, a mind still sharp enough to do it for now. We'll see. Uh, I'm getting old, but I I thank you very much, Rachel, for bringing that up. I, I invite anyone to go to my website, bolewellen.com. You can also type in Bo Llewellyn, that's L-U-E-L-L-E-N on Amazon, and my books will show up there. If anyone has a good paranormal story, I should bet Rachel would love to hear about that. <laughs> where where can they message you with that paranormal story at? Uh, the best way to do it is either on um, on my Facebook page, Haunted Midwest, or my email, which is hauntedmidwestshow uh, at gmail.com. Uh, those books sound actually really exciting, and I will uh, I'll put a link in the description for this. I am still debating where I want to post the podcast because um, iTunes is obviously your, like you know the number one place people want to post their stuff, but uh, I'm not sure if I can get approved of that right now. So I'm probably going to be posting these on to SoundCloud and other places like that, anywhere that has the best traction I can get for right now. So I will definitely put a link in the bio though for your, your website, which again is BoLewEllen.com. Yes. Uh, if you want to find him there. And uh, let's see. I did want to ask you one more question if you have sure. just a few more minutes to yeah, share. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, on your website, you had a couple of uh, paranormal investigations, which, again, you can go to his website and you can see all his awesome stuff that he's done, um, all his investigations. Uh, if you could, could you just tell me, like, what has been your favorite investigation that you've done so far and what is the name of your uh paranormal investigation team my my team's name is psy s p s y inc 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 paranormal psy inc paranormal investigations and that was developed by sean west he came up with the name i went by maybe seven different names uh you know how it goes paranormal groups they rise and they fall and you start something new oh, yeah. but um, my favorite one I've got to say Oakland was the one that hit the heartstrings the most because I'm really emotionally invested in that I'd say that that I'd have to put that up there at the top but gosh there's again I can't give Sean West enough praise uh, he is a uh, dabbler in the, the dark arts and he's a, a, a fantastic and highly highly sensitive psychic where have you ever heard of Zener cards I haven't okay so Zener cards for those that are listening if you've ever watched the very first of Ghostbusters whenever he's holding the cards up and telling the two students to guess what's on the other side those are Zener cards what he thought he was conducting was what's called the Rhine test which is you have five different types of cards and a deck of 25 cards so five squiggly lines, five stars, five squares, five circles, and five crosses. And statistically, Ryan came up with the idea that as long as something wasn't cheating, as long as you weren't looking in the reflection of somebody's glasses or somebody was telling you what was going on, 
Statistically, you should be able to get five. Like if you just said squiggly lines 25 times, five of those are gonna be squiggly lines. So your average should be five. You can get two below or two above, and that's still within the realm of possibility. But if you get like eight or nine, or you only guess one or two, now you're moving way outside of possibility. If you get 10, the the calculations are an algorithm that are, it's kind of hard to explain, but it almost goes into the millions and it's just literally almost impossible. Also, if you get zero, that shows that you have almost paranormal uh, ability to choose the wrong, <laughs> the wrong thing. Like someone that lives with like a black cloud over them and every time they bet on black, it shows up red. So there's, there's those people too. But Sean tested out always between 11 and a 15. Uh, the, the person that got it closest to him was a librarian out of, out of Muskogee, Oklahoma. Um, church going gal, her name is Lori, she's awesome. And she tested out back to back a 13 and an 11. Uh, and she has, and she just started gushing. She was just like, I hear my dead relatives. Well, I don't want to tell them stories. Anyway, so I've been on, I've had two instrumental cases with him where he just cold, uh, uh, called these things right in the middle of the client, had no way of knowing what was going on. And the, the lid just blew off of both cases right there, right then. And uh, one time we almost got lynched getting out of there because they were uber duber Christians. And he like blew the lid off of their occult practices from 20 years ago that opened up this portal. And I, I don't want to run the story by giving the short version, but just to kind of give you the cliff notes, he, uh, there was a elderly couple that owned a home. Their 30 year old daughter was there with her husband and then the grandkids. And we had specifically told them like, Hey, this isn't a TV show. Don't bring anybody. And what do you know? They bring, you know, the whole, the whole freaking herd with them. So that kind of pissed Sean off and he's, uh, he can be temperamental. And so he did a temperamental thing and he looked at the 30 year old daughter and he was like, when you were 14 or 13 years old, you had a Ouija board in your house. The Ouija board wasn't yours. And it got brought in and you and the other person used it and it told you something. What was it? And this 30 year old woman just started bursting out in tears and admitted in front of her mother that when she was 14 years old, her and her friend brought a Ouija board over. It was the friend's Ouija board and they used it that night. I mean, just cold read that. And then Sean said, what name did it give you? And she looked at her husband and she said her husband's name. I don't want to say it out loud. And she's, and he said, interesting. And so this huge fight broke out. And I mean, this, this family was incensed at one another, um, Pentecostal family. And so there was all these, uh, remarks going back and forth. Everyone was mad at everyone because they were like, you're practicing witchcraft and blah, blah. And then they started inviting us to leave under no uncertain circumstances. And that pissed Sean off even more. So he said, I just want to leave you with the thought. Uh, you two have how many kids? And I think they had two. And he said, so since that entity told you what the first name of your husband is, and then you went and married that person, that first name, that entity instigated your union. So that's a ritual. 
Your children are products of that entity's ritual that you perform for them. So he's part owner of those kids. And he was like, see ya. And then he went back to the car and we barely got out of there. And uh, I was like, Sean, you don't always have to be that way. You know, you could have held your tongue for, would it have killed you? And <laughs> he was like, yep, it would have killed me. And I, you know, I want ice cream. And then we stopped. <laughs> and, but that's one of like three stories that I have about Sean that uh, he's, uh, that we're just about to go do another one uh, together in maybe a couple of weeks, uh, a paranormal team from Oklahoma City came down and, and did an investigation on this house. And one of the team, uh, one of the paranormal investigators, was standing in the middle of some room, and this entity broke his nose. He's just standing there, just snapped it. Blood goes everywhere, and they left. And uh, this investigation has been going on, I guess, for several years. Uh, uh, they tried to get the Catholic Church involved to do an exorcism they're refusing to do it and I just got sent video today and uh, you could hear the entity uh, in an empty house saying something that would I'm, I'm having trouble breaking it down but it sounds definitely like either it's Italian or uh, something Arabic I'm not real sure but you can hear it in the background and we're going to be going forward on that so I'm retired it's just every once in a while these cases are, are so boss you can't help but you can't help but put on the proton pack again, right? <laughs> yeah, you just, it's, you know, I think every paranormal investigator is a mystery lover. Uh, yeah. you, you, it kind of goes with the, with the territory. You can't not love history or mysteries in that sense and not be a paranormal, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, uh, I'm not, I don't want to say the name. I think I know what house you're actually talking about. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be 100% wrong. Um, but I think I know what house you're talking about. And if it is the same house, that is something I have driven by. It, uh, is it based in Oklahoma? Uh, the most I can say is that it's in the Tulsa area. Um, Pitt sent it to me. Okay. Uh, uh, Pitt passed on it. And then uh, um, the young lady that owns Pitt, she sent uh, the case to me. So um, <laughs> and when we get off the air, uh, ask me and I'll tell you. Sure. No, I totally understand. Um, that is actually not then the house I'm thinking of. The house I'm thinking of is actually not in Tulsa, but uh, I'm actually interested in hearing that. Well, I want to thank you so much, um, so much for being on. I have a lot of good content here, and uh, yeah, if you guys want to check check him out one more time, I'm gonna say it is BoLuEllen.com. Um, you can find him there, and you also have a Facebook page under the same name, correct? Sure do. All right. Um, thank you so much. And thank you, audience, for being with me on this very, very rocky start on on my end. Um, I'm still trying to get everything, you know, laid down and figure everything out as we go. But um, thank you so much for taking the time to listen and be a part of the show. That wraps up our interview with Bo Llewellyn. Thanks for tuning in with us. You can find more episodes and information on the show on Facebook at Haunted Midwest or email us at hauntedmidwestshow at gmail.com. <laughs>